You're listening to The Pipeline Show. You have my curiosity. With Guy Flaming. Now you have my attention. This is The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, and we have one more division to get to in our WHL preview. All of these brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League. Make uh, Dub Network one of your first stops each day. Subscribe to the Daily Dose of the Dub, and uh, it'll come right to your inbox. Really convenient that way. And uh, my next guest to uh, help go through the BC division, uh, he is one of the writers at, uh, covering the Vancouver Giants. Uh, that's uh, Stephen Hocko. Uh, Stephen, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. A pleasure to get a chance to speak with you, and uh, I think the BC division is going to be a fun one to watch this year. Uh, maybe let's start with the team that you think is going to struggle the most. Uh, when you look at the five teams in the BC Division, you got Kamloops, Vancouver, Kelowna, Victoria, and Prince George. Is one of them clearly the weak link in the group? I think coming into this season, I think that's going to be the Prince George Cougars. Um, they have a, they're, sp- they're sporting a young lineup this season coming up. I think they have four or five 16-year-olds on their current roster. That's to be That remains to be seen if they're going to keep all those. But I think they, they, they're also going to be out without one of their top players, um, Elijah Kalina, he got hurt during preseason. I think he's supposed to be out for another month or so. So that's a big hit for a, a team that's already going to be struggling for offense. Well, all right, let's start in net with uh, the Cougars. And they just traded Isaiah Delora earlier this week to the uh, Portland Winterhawks. Taylor Goche, clearly their, their number one guy. But Tyler Brennan is the guy that they took in the first round in 2018. So they're breaking him in right now as well. Could this, in fact, turn out to be a, a tandem uh, between the two? Or do you think Goche... And gets the bulk of the starts. I think Goche will probably get the bulk of the starts, but I I also think that for a 16 year old goalie, he's going to get a lot more games than a normal 16 year old goalie would because they're they're going to have a, a developing season. They're going to they're going to be able to to afford to give the young guys opportunities for them to make mistakes. So I think Goche will still get the brunt of the load, but I think you'll see you'll see Brennan get a, a good amount of games as well. I'd expect a pretty motivated Taylor Goche this year too, since he didn't get drafted uh, last exactly. June. So that's a good problem, or not a not a problem, but that's a uh, an extra bonus, I guess. Uh, silver lining in that cloud for the for the Cougars. Uh, they're back. Yeah, they end, got a bright future. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, the back end in Prince George, kind of a, a nondescript group. I mean, there's some size there, but not exactly household names. Uh, Cole Moberg uh, was drafted seventh round pick uh, by the Chicago Blackhawks, but outside of that. It's not a lot of names that people outside of WHL circles would recognize. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, not a whole lot of household names, but they they're, they're a big they're a big defensive core. They play a heavy game. Um, they kind of they try to make Goche's job a little easier for him because he he faces a lot of shots every night as it is. So that's they have a, they have a lot of um, homegrown players, but mm-hmm. nothing league renowned. I guess you can say. Yeah. I guess I would give them a little bit of credit in the sense that there's a lot of 18 and 19 year olds, so it's not a it's not necessarily a young blue line, but uh, not one that's going to blow anybody away either. Uh, up front, who leads the attack here for for the Cougars uh, that they're really going to lean on to get some offense from? Um, like I previously mentioned, Elijah Kalina, but he's going to be out for the first bit of the season. He's he has a pretty good story behind him after being able to make a comeback from from dealing with his mental health first, taking some time away from hockey, but. Also, Jackson Leopard. He's he's been in the league for three or four years now, I believe, and he's he always seems to be one of their top contributors on the team. So that's another guy to look out for as well. Um, I'm I'm also a fan of Tyson Upper. I I I had him up there for like top rookies of the year last year. So he's another guy that I would I would keep an eye out for. 
All right. I know the name because he was at Oil King Camp for a couple of years in a row uh, as a 15, 16-year-old and, and stood out there. So I was uh, uh, interested to see how he would do with the, the Cougars last year, and uh, we'll see what he does this season. I was impressed in the last in the few times I did see him, I was impressed with him. So Yeah, we'll watch for him this year. Um, all right, let's move on to the next place club, and who do you see finishing just ahead of uh, Prince George? Um, that'll be the Victoria Royals for me this season. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird not seeing them at the top of the, top of the, uh, predictions for the BC divisions. Usually the last decade or so, it's usually been them in Kelowna that's kind of been fighting for that top spot. But I think this year they're still going to have, I think, I think they might be able to squeak into the second wild card spot maybe. But for, as, as the BC division goes, I see them coming fourth out of fifth. Um, they got a new 20 year old goaltender in Shane Farkas after, after having Griffin Outhouse for four years, it'll be a different change. Definitely when Victoria comes to town to not see Outhouse and the chance he gets. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I expect Farkas to, to take the, the brunt of the workload. And he showed pretty well in Portland last year. So I expect him to have a good season. I really I agree with you. I think Griffin Outhouse last year may have actually uh, smoothed over some of the, uh, you know, the holes in, in Victoria's lineup. They might have won some games that they probably shouldn't have won just because of Griffin Outhouse. And with him gone, maybe that changes things. Uh, let's look at the the defensive core uh, for the Royals. And they brought in some new guys. Will Warm, who was here in Edmonton. I think Nolan Bentham is expected to make that team, isn't he? Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Um, with Will Warm, he was just at Canucks camp. Um, I'm sure you, you're very familiar with him. He was in Edmonton for a few years. But mm-hmm. I saw him I saw him play one preseason game this year in, in Langley, and he impressed. He, was, he wasn't afraid to... He'd be in the battle and wasn't afraid to mix it up either. And they just brought in Jacob Harris from uh, the uh, Red Deer Rebels, so they're they're filling in holes uh, with uh, with players from uh, other teams that they can get their hands on. But they they have some higher end draft picks as well. Uh, Mitch Prouse was a second round pick, and uh, Nolan Jones was a second round pick, albeit for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. But uh, to me, it's it's still sort of a, a wait and see, almost like a project here with uh, the defensive core for for the Royals it almost have to take a wait and see approach for for me what about for you yeah exactly they're they they've lost a big a big player in in Scott Walford over the summer they uh they traded him to Saskatoon he's been there he's kind of been the backbone of their defensive core for the last three or so years so it'll be a big adjustment for the team to to kind of continue without him and give a good chance for these younger guys to get some more ice and some more opportunity now the guy that got back from Saskatoon should be one of their uh, offensive leaders this year in Gary Hayden and Kate Oliver I think is their highest returning scorer from last year's squad but do they have enough firepower to uh, claim a playoff spot in your mind um i i think if if all the stars align for them and Gary Hayden continues his 30 goals that he that he was able to score last year, I think that top that top pairing of between him and Oliver, I I, I think they would be able to squeak into a to a, maybe a first or second seed wild uh, wild card spot. But uh, I think as for the division wise, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a a lot of tough four point games for them. Stephen, uh, for me, when I look at the BC division, I, I see the, a pretty clear gap, like a significant gap between the top three teams and the two teams that we were just talking about. Do you see it? A similar way, whether it's whoever you have in that number three spot, I, I could see like a fifteen point spread between that club and the fourth place team. Do you, do you would you see it similar? Uh, yeah, exactly. I would say it's Van- yeah, I'd say it's between Vancouver, Kamloops, Kelowna, and then it's the rest of the division. Basically, it's going to be it's, it's making up for an exciting division race for sure this year. It's going to be 
probably going to be one between them and the central division. It's going to be the division to watch. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, let's go to that third place team and we got to do predictions because it's the preseason and uh, that's, <laughs> that's the thing to do. So who do you have finishing third right now? As of now, I have the Kamloops Blazers finishing third. Um, they've had a very strong preseason. Um, though you can't put a whole lot of stock into that, but it's, it's been nothing but impressive so far between Logan Stankoven, Zane Franklin, Oren Santazo. Those three have absolutely lit up the league so far in the preseason. So it's, it kind of makes for a promising start to the, to the Blazers regular season. All right, but how much can we take from the preseason? Yeah, absolutely. Those guys were on fire, and, and I think the buzz with Logan Stankoven in particular is, is pretty significant. But should we be expecting that to, just to carry over to the regular season when, when things uh, get real? I mean, everybody, a lot of teams were still missing, you know, a third of their roster because of NHL camps. Yeah, obviously it's, it's hard for any player to keep up an over two point per game clip, but especially for a 16 year old, I think he's still going to be a difference maker out there. Mm-hmm. He's, um, even last year in the handful of games he got in, the, the point totals weren't really there, but you always noticed him on the ice and they had enough confidence to play him in that tie break game last year. So, I think he's going to be a very fun player to watch, in the, especially in the BC division. We're going to be lucky enough to watch him a handful of times a season. Now, not necessarily a, a very big group up front. There's a lot of 5'10", 5'11", players uh, with the with the uh, Kamloops Blazers. When it comes to the forward units, there's a couple of guys with some size, but you think uh, the, the smaller average size of the Blazers uh, works against them or when it's junior hockey, talent wins out? Yeah, and the, the style of game it is now in the WHL, I don't think the size is a is a make-or-break thing for a team. Obviously, it helps to have skilled guys with size, but these smaller guys, they just they find their way in through the holes around the ice, and they got they got a guy like Montana on Yabuchi back there that kind of kind of keeps the other team in line if needed, so they're not taking advantage of their smaller, younger guys. So I don't think it should be too much of a problem for the Blazers. They they have an exciting team with Connor Zari as well. He's projected to go pretty high this year. So it's going to be an exciting year for the Blazers, I think. Yeah, Connor Zari, and, and uh, then you got Dylan Garand, or Garand in, the, in net as well, uh, who should be one of the top uh, uh, goaltenders taken out of the WHL this year. Well, what do you make of the uh, the goaltending tandem uh, with Race Ramsey and, and Garand? Uh, I'm a big fan of Garand. He's, he played a... Well, when Ferguson was hurt last year, he played a lot of big minutes as a 16-year-old and didn't look out of place at all. So, yeah. I think as of now, even though he's a year younger, I think he'll be he'll be taking more of the workload over Race Ramsey. So, um, I'm I'm a fan of um, Garand as their their starter goal, starting goalie this season. Last year, we saw a new head coach with uh, the Blazers in uh, Serge Lajoie. Another new head coach this year with uh, Sean Clouston. Now, difference between the two, and I like Serge Lajoie a lot as a, as a person and as a coach, but didn't have the NHL, or the, uh, excuse me, didn't have the WHL background. Uh, certainly, Sean Clouston coming right over from the Medicine Hat Tigers. That's not going to be a, a problem. Do you think they get out of the gate a little bit quicker this year with the team and the, and the coach being on the same page? Uh, I believe so. They definitely have all the potential to, to come out hot. Um, if if their team can keep up kind of the the pace and the and the scoring that they they had in the preseason, it's it's definitely definitely a possibility for them to come out hot. Yeah, they got to fe- be feeling confident at least. If there's anything you can take out of preseason, it's uh, they got to be feeling pretty good about their chances uh, going in. All right, let's yeah, go. That says something. Let's go from the third place Camus Blazers. Who do you have finishing second? I have the Memorial Cup host uh, Kelowna Rockets coming in second. Um, they're the, obviously, the roster they have now is probably going to look different come 
January 10th as the majority, if not all of the Memorial Cup hosts make, make a couple big moves during the, during the regular season. So, yeah. but as of now, the team that they have, I, I can still see them finishing a second behind, um, obviously behind Vancouver and, in the BC division. Yeah, I look at their uh, roster right now, and uh, as far as I know, they still have three goaltenders, and boy, things can change yep. pretty quickly here uh, as we've seen uh, several moves over the last few days. But uh, right now with James Porter, Cole Schwebius, and Roman Bazarin in net, they've got three WHL-caliber goaltenders, so they could make a move uh, fairly early in the season to clean that up. Uh, do you see a clear starter uh, in net for uh, Kelowna right now? Um, I'm not sure if I see a clear one, but it's definitely, I think it's going to be between Schwabus and, uh, Bazran. Okay. Um, Bazran kind of, he kind of had a, a bit of a tough game in that tie break last year, but I think that that doesn't really say about what his season was all about last year. He, he was a, he's a pretty integral part of Kelowna having the season that they had. And for Schwabus, he, he came over from Seattle, which was a kind of a surprising trade at the time, bringing over three, three big names like that. And also Lee and Hamilick. So, I think it's going to be between those, and I, I think they can still get a, a, a decent a decent return for Porter. Yeah, I agree. And they've already revamped the, the defense from what we've seen uh, from the Rockets on the ice uh, during that tie-break loss. Uh, last year, uh, they brought in Sean Comrie, who who's uh, with Denver College last year, Carson Sass, who was with Red Deer, and, and Jake Lee in that big trade, as you mentioned, with, uh, with Seattle. So kind of what we were talking about with Victoria – almost have to wait a little bit and see how they kind of come together as a group. Yeah, exactly. They haven't really had Sean Comrie yet. He's been at Philadelphia Flyers camp. So it's, it remains to be seen how he kind of fits into this lineup. But obviously, he's going to be a top-pairing guy for them. Uh, Jake Lee, I watched him a bit last year with uh, during the first round of the playoffs against Vancouver when he was with the Thunderbirds. He's he's a top-four guy for sure. He was, he was kind of slated to get drafted last year. He's kind of a fringe guy, but... Ultimately, he went on undrafted, but he's going to be a big player for them coming to the Memorial Cup this season. And you had uh, Caden Korzak as a returning guy from last year's team, drafted in the second mm-hmm. round by Vegas. And uh, uh, it seems like the uh, at least the ingredients are there for a pretty strong defensive core. And as you mentioned, uh, we could always see Bruce Hamilton adding to that mix. What do you make of the uh, the Rockets' attack up front? Because there are definitely some notable players. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the name that sticks out is Nolan Foot, recently signed and drafted by Tampa Bay. Um, also, Kyle Topping, he's he's always been a, a, a pretty good scorer in the WHL. He has, he's, he's gone to a few NHL camps. He's, he's kind of toiled along the WHL seasons for a while, so he's another guy that, to look for. Um, Tyler Wong, or Trevor Wong, sorry. He's, he's an incoming 16-year-old, but he's fairly highly touted. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he's given, maybe kind of a similar role as what Justin Sordiff was given last year as a 16-year-old, where they trust him more and more as the season goes on with his play. So it'll be, a, I think it'll be a pretty exciting season for the Rockets. Obviously, there's, there's probably a couple, there's probably still a couple moves to be made up front, but that remains to be seen. I'm glad to hear you say Tyler Wong because I've said it a few times too. It is Trevor Wong, <laughs> as you corrected yeah. yourself there, but man, I, I've done it three or four times already uh, as well. So, uh, but yeah, I like the I like the the makings of the attack here for uh, the Colon Rockets, and, and I fully expect Bruce Hamilton is. He's out there beating the bushes, and he's going to find uh, another player or two uh, to add to that offensive lineup. Uh, process of elimination: the Vancouver Giants, number one on your list. Tell me why. Uh, well, they're 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 still a, a pretty deep team from last year. They've not they've lost a full a few guys, but they still have the majority of that main core that made the run to the WHL final last season. Yep. Obviously, the obviously the biggest question coming into the season is 
is Bowen Byram going to be back, or is, is it a matter of when he's going to be back? Uh, they also still have five overagers on the roster, so it's it's going to be a. Still, there's still lots of lots of moves to be made by the Giants coming into the regular season. They still have October 10th to to trim those two overagers down. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I think it's still a deep team. There's there's still going to be um, a contender going into the the into the regular season this year. Goaltending situation is interesting because uh, David Tendek and Trent Minor are returning guys from last year and two of the best goalies in the league, let alone just in the division, but probably going to be moving on from one of them, and I would expect probably that's David Tendek to get to move out an overage and clear up a goalie spot. Uh, I don't know if you see it the same way, but it's kind of a good problem to have if you're Vancouver, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a great problem to have. I, I agree with you there. I think I think it's going to be Tendek probably. They're not really in a situation where they need to take up a 20-year-old spot on a goalie. They have a they have a more than capable Trent Miner coming in. He's just, he's just coming off a sometime at Colorado Avalanche training camp after being drafted there. So they, they have a more than capable 18-year-old goalie that, that's, that they don't really need to have a 20-year-old. So, yeah, I think Tendik, as great of a goalie as he is for the, has been for the Giants, I think he's going he's gonna to be sporting another crest this season, I think. Now, when it comes to Byram, and you mentioned that's the big question mark right now, and there's a couple other teams in the league that have similar situations, Spokane with Ty Smith and, and Kirby Doc with the Saskatoon Blades. In your mind... Is it a, a ma- more of a matter of uh, a question of when he comes back as opposed to if he comes back? For me, uh, I think it's a matter of when. Um, the Avalanche aren't really hurting for any young defensemen right now. They kind of got a, a stockpile of them, so it's definitely a matter of when for me. I think he's going to get he's definitely going to get some regular season game looks. I think, but I think you'll see him back with the Giants by whatever that time frame is, end of November, early no or end of October, early November, but. Even if they do get him back, it's only going to be temporary with, with obviously he's a lock for the World Junior team. There's a selection camp. There's all that. So even if they get him back, they probably won't have him full time until after the holiday break anyways. Yeah. So he might only play 50 games or something, maybe even less than that, 45 or something with the Giants this year, but you'll, they would have him for when it's important uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs. So uh, we'll watch that. And I agree with you. I think Byram eventually comes back too. If by chance he doesn't, obviously that would be a, a big blow, but one that I think still with looking at who else is still on the roster, the Giants could probably still uh, be a pretty strong team even if he doesn't come back. Fair? Yeah, that's fair to say. I think Barkley Parnett has kind of still built his team with the with the, uh, with the the mentality that Byram isn't going to be coming back, which I think is the correct way to do it. Yeah. Um, you have Alex Kanak-Liefert. He's, he's, um, he's going to be the guy that kind of comes in and, Kind of takes those extra minutes with Byron being gone. I, he's def, he's even he's a good candidate for the captaincy that's currently vacant right now with Jared Dimitri over um, aging out last season. So, um, Kanak Leeford and also Dylan Ploof, I think would make probably your top two defensemen with the Giants this season. So, those are guys that you can kind of see to fill in those minutes that Byron would would take up if he should be here. All right, and gone from last year. You mentioned Jared Dimitri and uh, Davis Kosh, obviously two big pieces uh, out of the forward group. But uh, you, you lose a couple of guys and you welcome a couple of new guys in. They're young, but guys like Cruz Plummer and Zach Ostapchuk uh, should come in. And and as even though they're 16 years old and and uh, uh, maybe 17 years old for Plummer, but those guys should contribute as well. And talk about another season of uh, Justin Sertif and 
what sort of a jump he takes in his development. And there are still a lot of offensive weapons here with the Giants. Yeah, definitely. They also brought in the two Shepard brothers as well. They they, they traded for Jackson Shepard and they signed Cole Shepard, who was originally committed to go to Harvard. So he hasn't seen any preseason time yet. He's I think he's battling a bit of a hip injury. So I think he's going to be out to start the regular season as well. But once they get him back, he's going to be a, a guy that immediately makes an impact in the in the lineup. And like you said, Justin Sordoff, he's he's poised for for a big draft year coming up here. He's looked he's looked on a whole nother level in the games I've seen so far this season. Obviously, it's preseason, but still, he's he's he looks a lot stronger than last year. You can notice guys are kind of guys are kind of bouncing off of him when they go to make a body check. You can tell he's kind of been hitting the weights, and um, yeah, and guys like Zach Osubchuk, he. He scored. He finally got. He got a goal in the preseason. You can kind of see his confidence is kind of growing and growing as each game goes on, which is great to see for a young guy like that. Uh, last one, uh, Tristan Nilsson uh, could be a guy who might lead this team in scoring. He had such a night and day season last year. Really started really slow and then caught fire uh, in the second half. What are you expecting from him right now? Yeah, he's he's uh, definitely my player to watch this season. Um, I think he has the potential to score maybe 30 goals this year with the proper opportunity, the proper ice time. He's, he's, he was a first round Bantam pick for a reason. He has all the skill he needs. He's, he's a lightning in a bottle kind of guy. He's, he's a smaller, he's on the smaller side, but he's, he's got all the speed in the world. He, like every, every time you see him touch the puck, you're kind of on the edge of your seats. You're expecting something exciting to happen. So yeah, he's definitely a guy that could definitely be leading the team in goal scoring between maybe him and Justin sort of. So he's a definitely a player to watch for me. Steven, let's end it with uh, how many teams out of the BC division you think make the playoffs. We, we've uh, we've got it as Vancouver, uh, and uh, followed by the uh, the uh, Kelowna Rockets, the Kamloops Blazers, and then we've said there's going to be a bit of a gap uh, down to Victoria and Prince George. Uh, when it's all said and done, do you think you see do you see three or four BC division teams making it in? Um, as tough as that U.S. division is in those wild card spots, I think we're going to see four. BC division teams. I think Victoria is going to find a way. They always do. They've, they've they've been a good team ever since they came to Victoria. So I think they're going to always find a way to, to squeak into the playoffs regardless. All right. We'll watch for that. There should be a fun season uh, all around the league and in the BC division at that top end, especially. Uh, Steven, I really appreciate your time and look forward to having you on the show again. Awesome. Thank you. Anytime. My thanks to Steven Hocko from Dub Network for being my guest in that uh, last segment. Interestingly, he and I see things uh, very similar. Although I have, uh, I do have Vancouver as the top team as well. I'm going to go Kamloops number two, and the Kelowna Rockets number three. Bit of an asterisk because you know that Kamloops or Kelowna rather is going to be a change to their team. Uh, I would guess pretty significantly over the course of the season. And I know last night I was doing a uh, podcast with uh, Sean Mullen and uh, Chad Balcom, the, the guys from WHL Unfiltered, and. Sean threw out the names, a couple of guys from the uh, Moose Warriors in, or excuse me, from the Lethbridge Hurricanes in uh, Kalen Addison. Uh, actually, he mentioned Dylan Cousins, and I said, well, how about then if, if they're going to trade uh, Cousins, then uh, I would assume Kalen Addison would become available then too. And earlier I had mentioned Justin Almeida uh, if he happens to come back to the Moose Jaw Warriors. So I I think over the course of the season, we'll see Kelowna load up a little bit. So a bit of an asterisk there uh, for me that, that I have them third. But right now on paper, I have Kamloops ahead of uh, the the Rockets. Vancouver is the top team. Victoria and Prince George uh, both 
uh, dead last, and for me, missing the playoffs. And that's it for the WHL preview show. Uh, thanks to the four gentlemen from dubnetwork.ca for sharing their insight. Now, I really want to hear from you, the listener. What do you think of the uh, predictions from those guys and uh, from myself at the end of each of those segments? You can share your predicted finishes uh, with me. They've they've been the question of the day the last uh, month, though, as well. Um, so I've been able to gauge sort of the responses uh, from fans who have chimed in uh, via Twitter. But you can reflect on that now as uh, we get set for the debut of this coming season here, just a couple of days away as I'm speaking with you right now. It should be an awfully fun year. That does it for this week's episode. Next week, it's been so hard and heavy on the WHL, there might not be a dub segment next week. Uh, We're going to have to reach out and get in touch with people who cover the Ontario Hockey League and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. U-Sports is starting up, uh, and we're going to do that on a much more regular basis this year. Maybe uh, a Junior A in Canada segment. Also, the USHL is getting closer to getting active. So, Lots of other things to touch on, so uh, probably you take a, a week off from the WHL next week because it's been a solid month, maybe six weeks, basically all WHL content. So next week, we'll get back to uh, some of the other leagues that I like to cover here on the Pipeline Show as well. Thanks to everybody who has signed up to be a patron lately, as uh, the uh, Patreon page is, has been getting a workout, uh, and uh, a number of people have uh, signed up in the last, uh, well, since Season 15 started and all these WHL team previews. Uh, have come out uh, most re- recently thanks to Matt and Tim and John and Joe for signing up this week. Appreciate that. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes and you can have early access to all these interviews as well. Go to patreon.com slash the pipeline show. That does it. Until next week everybody get out and watch some junior and college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week here on the pipeline show. Until then I'm Guy Flaming. See ya.